Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. This podcast is brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey. Native Grape Odyssey is an educational project financed by the European Union to promote European wine in Canada, Japan, and Russia. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Walden. My guest today is Federico Zileri Dal Verme. Federico wears three hats. He is the owner of Castello di Bolgari. He is the managing director of Tenuta Argentiera, both of these estates obviously in Bolgari. And at the moment you are the president of the Bolgari Consortia, which is the growers uh, consortium welcome. Let's start with Bolgari. Maybe we could talk about we a little bit about the history of Bolgari and then what initiatives are being done for, for marketing the wines and tourism and things like that. Yes, first of all I would like also to underline that uh, uh, the consortium started born in uh, uh, 1994 and so is uh, this year 25 years and we had a great event uh, on the boulevard on Viale di Borghe 31 of August. All the producer we celebrate this uh, 25 years. But I would like also to say that Bulgari started before and uh, so was Sasekaya and uh, Ornellaia, Grattamacco, they, they start to produce wine. Uh, Sasekaya in 1960, Grattamacco in the end of the 70s, Ornellaia in the 80s. And so before it was like a laboratory that permit to create Consorzio Bulgari Rosso in 1994. I say Bulgari Rosso because it's very strange because in 1983 born Bulgari Bianco and Rosé. This is unusual considering the system, the Italian system. Yeah, so Bulgari, the Bulgari was officially a white or rosé wine. It wasn't officially a red wine. And you're saying that in 1994, the DOC was officially given to Bulgari for its red wines. Yes. Yes, for the Bulgari Rosso. On those time, the producer, they were only seven. Now we are um, 56. And uh, when I started my in charge and, or president uh, six talk, years yeah. ago, we were 31. And so for me, it's a big satisfaction uh, to be now 56 and maybe we will be more in the uh, next future. We represent the 95% of all the terroir, all on the surface. Of, of the denomination? Of the denomination of uh, producer in this area. Another characteristic of Bulgari appellation is the freedom. I think it is the, is the most freedom appellation in Italy. And the reason is because we have three varieties that we, we can use it from zero to 100%. And those three varieties are, sorry, just to remind Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, and Cabernet Franc. And so this gave the opportunity for all the producers to do the best. Most, I would say, the 90% of the Bulgari Superiore are blend. Basically, all those blend, they have Cabernet Sauvignon 40, 50, 60%. Add with Cabernet Franc, Merlot, 
Petit Verdot. All the surface of the Bulgaria Appellation are at the moment 1,350 hectares, including Sassicaia area. So it's about the same as, uh, to give you an example, roughly the same as Poyak in Bordeaux, roughly similar size. Similar. 45% is represented by the Cabernet Sauvignon, 25% by Merlot, 11 but are increasing percent is uh, Cabernet Franc. After we have Petit Verdot, uh, Syrah, and what is very unusual for Toscana area that uh, doesn't exist uh, anymore, the Sangiovese. We have only 1.2% of Sangiovese. And the reason is uh, because our soil are sandy, is a sandy limestone, and, um, and Sangiovese instead needs a lot of clay and very poor soil that statistically in the area soil is quite rich and we discovered this characteristic during the years. Thanks to such brand that started 50, 40, 35 years ago, Sassicaia, Nellaia, Grattamacco, that a lot of producers from other region they arrived 20 years ago to invest in this area and this is fantastic because uh, they could promote Bulgari in the right way what I, what I mean other producers famous of other reg- region like Gaia from Piemonte Allegrini from Veneto they had already structured commercial and so you know everybody knows to produce wine is easy but after it's very difficult to to sell and so i'm very proud not because i'm the president of all those producers but all of us we are very proud to belongs to this team because we have brand who belongs to the history of this area we have famous producer from other region and little producer that they started for passion this kind of blend of producer make bulgari strong yeah it's something for everybody yeah this is uh, a beautiful history you know it was not a strategy behind bulgari i like to give the definition to bulgari that is a case many case one after others create Bulgari. So one uh, one good event after another, it was like self-perpetuating. Yes, always with the example. So without, I repeat again, Sassicaia, Ornellaia, Grattamacco, Guadaltasso, we wouldn't be here. Uh, I started to work in Argentiera was 20 years ago and I could think the project Argentiera thanks to the example of the, of the other wineries. So wh- when you bought Tenuta Argentiera, what were you doing before? Did you have another winery somewhere? Were you a business person? First of all, I didn't bought uh, Argentiera okay. because this uh, I, I managed Argentiera. Castello di Bolgari, scusa. Castello di Bolgari. So owner of Castello di Bolgari. I, I received it by heritage through my mother. Okay. And so we we are descendant from uh, the La Gradesca family through my grandmother and so woman roots and, uh, and that's it in 95 96 uh, with my father and with my mother we started to renovate all the project and to replant all the vineyards to restructure the 
old cellar that uh, are located just in the center of the village of Bulgari. It was a really great big investment and uh, now I'm very, I'm very happy what, you, what we are because this represents uh, the terroir of the area just around the castle. Our vineyards are just in the middle of Sassicaia and Ornellaia. So how big is your vineyard at Castello di Borgoli? How many hectares roughly? We have 60 hectares. Okay, and it's uh, your, the castle is, um, is a protected monument. It's a national historic monument, isn't it? Yes, it's a private residence, first of all, and uh, belongs to the club, I would say, di Mora Storiche. But uh, we live inside, and so it's not a museum. It's nice that it's being lived in, though. It's not like a building that has no life, and you know, it's a work, it's a farm, and it's a it's a home. Absolutely, it's a, it's a home, uh, and I like also to say thanks to the vineyards, I could uh, maintain this property with my sisters because uh, the, the, the castle belongs to my sister and the agriculture farm and the vineyards and the brand belong to me. But uh, thanks to the vineyards, thanks to this uh, appellation, uh, we could uh, maintain this. In terms of um, the promotion of uh, Bulgari wines, either in Italy or abroad, some people say, oh, it's, you're in Bulgari, your, your wines get, the, the region gets very good scores in the, re- the reviews of the, the journalists and there's a lot of press coverage. Um, it must be really easy here to, to sell wine. You just make it and it sells and then you can go to the beach and relax. Is it like that or is it a little bit not different? At you're, not smi- at- <laughs> you're smiling. Not at all. looks like this, but uh, it's, it's always very difficult to sell the wine uh, even in uh, such beautiful appellation that uh, has uh, success at the moment I would say that is more virtual than reality Bulgari appellation what I mean uh, yes of course the brand like Ornelaia and Sassicaia are very strong and they don't have problem to sell the wine and what is very important is the position what we have to work what we have to pay attention is just to sell the wine in a right position otherwise the, the consumer they they don't understand really the quality of the wine or the when, um, the significance of the wine is always the example the power of of Bulgari all the producer they are the, the last producer that uh, they arrive here what they want to do is just to produce the, the best wine to be compared with Sassicaia or Nellaia and now maybe Argentiera and Castello di Bulgari they started but that's a good 20, thing though, 20 years it? ago that's a good it's thing though, a, if people want to really not just say we're just going to make a normal wine and we all want to sort of emulate the iconic wines that's surely good for the region I think that the, the consumer they want this the consumer asks if I drink a glass of Bulgari, they expect to drink a great wine, not a, a cheap wine. But I would like also to, to, to pay attention, I don't want to be too much uh, elitist on saying that. We have to take care how to sell the wine. It's never, never, never easy to sell the wine even Bulgari. Yeah, so but what you're talking about is the brand value of Bulgari in, gen- in general, a little bit like maybe say Montalcino where, you know, it's an iconic but obviously the hidden here is smaller It's true, but it's not a message that I repeat every time that we met with all the producer is please put on over your name and after Bulgari, because the power is given by the name of the producer 
Yes, the appellation help on this, but we don't want to make the mistake that other appellation did. And so always because the, we have this kind of example. So to sell well the wine, first of all, is your brand, is your name after this appellation, not the appellation and after your name. Yeah. And so this is another point that can be very simple, but it's very, 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 very important. important. Okay. So what are, your, what are your personal projects for the future and what does the consortio have for the future in terms of um, either promotion or initiatives? I think we have to, to increase in the market on, on quantity and we have also to increase in communication because, uh, I said before, uh, Bulgaria is more uh, virtual than real. So when you say, what do you exactly mean? You mean it's, it's a wine that a lot of collectors or, or clients of, say, high value, that they know this name. And what you're saying is it's they, important that they understand the reality behind Bulgari and its values. They know so. Bulgari on terms of Sasekeo Nelaya, but they don't know at all uh, who we are and where we are. Because this is very important. If you ask to someone, but even Italy, where we are, they don't know that we are in Tuscany. And it's another thing that I now pushing more and more that on the label Bulgari, Tuscany, Italia. Because in one way, the brand Tuscany is much more strong than Bulgari. And so is how you can, you know, communicate. So the team is very strong. It's a, I would say, Premier League team that we have all the power, we have all the instrument to communicate. So the consortium will have to do, the consortium has to control, has to collect all the information and to give the information. But the promotion is the team. We have 56 producers that the 365 days, we are every day communicate all day. This is the communication, what we believe. Roughly how much is sold in the zone? I mean, do, when people come here, do they buy a lot of wine or do they come and taste and then go home and then order the wine in their own country? Mm, the direct sales are very not, important. Not much, not much. Unfortunately, here doesn't work like, uh, you know, in Napa Valley or uh, in Canada where the 50, 60, 70% of the sales arrive. From the cellar door. From, yes, the wine. from the cellar door. It's very important to have... Uh, a lot of restaurants in this area, you can imagine that in the little village of Bulgaria we have eight restaurants. Yeah, it's a tiny village, it's just restaurants and a few eight houses. Restaurants. So, but this, more and more the tourists arrive and more and more they get in contact with the, with the wine. Good food, simple, healthy and good wine. So this is the first step to communicate. After is the Italy market and the Italy market uh, are increasing in the last three years a lot, really, really a lot. And, uh, and after, yes, of course, <laughs> abroad. And this is the big challenge for, for the future. What are the biggest export markets, just roughly? Is it America, Japan, Russia? I would say that uh, Switzerland is the first one for most of us. And after, yes, United States, uh, Canada are the strongest. But, you know, Russian, um, Asia market, uh, you know, what I see that they are increasing really year by year because, because the people, they discover more and more Bulgari. 
Maybe if you go in Sicily or maybe also in uh, in the north of Italy, you ask where is Bulgari. Yeah, Bulgari. Yes, maybe. In, in I think of the jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this is our priority. This is uh, our program for the future and uh, to show and to know Bulgari better and better. I would like also to say lucky man to work in this uh, area because I started when uh, Bulgari started. And so 25 years uh, after my graduation at, at university in Florence in agronomics, I started to work on it. And so it's a, it's a passion, it's a, my heart. And, uh, so you know a great example of the recent history of Bulgari. You've lived through the before the DOC arrived and then when the DOC arrived and then... Now there is a... I like also to say that we are... We start to surfing. Surfing? Surfing, because we are on the right moment with a great vintage, with a great score from our producer in Bulgari, you know, like Sasikaya and uh, Nerlaya. And this gave us uh, a great future, you know, and uh, the market recipe more and more Bulgari. They, they ask, they are curious, but in the same time, we have to stay humble, mm-hmm. really humble. In some way, I mean, you mentioned um, some of the bigger names like Ornala or Sasikaya. Almost for them, also not to continue their success, but it's important that the, the region has grown, right? That you've had other wineries, maybe some slightly smaller ones that maybe are not owned by, let's say, famous names like um, like Antonor, for example. It's nice having some smaller, like a mix of wineries. I'm like, you have a family-owned winery. This is, I think, it's very, very important to have the small wineries because uh, give of this terroir dynamismo. Then another thing that's very important is the generation. We have a lot of young guys that are involved. And this is very, very important. <laughs> Most of the producers are young. We are in a good period. It's a fermentation because, because all of them they are very passionate on the vineyards, first of all, and uh, and to to know, to discover, because there is other things also to to discover from this area. So yeah, I mean the terroir has been um, mapped quite well. I mean it's like a lot of work has gone into understanding the soils and the various micro terroirs here that other regions, without naming names, haven't really bothered with, and that is a big advantage, I and think, also, for Bulgaria. And also to receive information uh, from the producer, we make uh, good, good cross communication, tasting, yeah. you know, blind tasting with uh, enologists from many properties from Bulgaria. This helps a lot. I want to say thanks to my guest today, Federico Zeledi dal Verme. Thanks very much for telling us about the region in general, a little bit about your uh, family estate, um, and we wish you every success for the rest of the harvest. And buona continuazione. Grazie mille. Grazie, grazie a voi. This podcast has been brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey, discovering the true essence of high quality wine from Europe. Find out more on nativegrapeodyssey.eu. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.